Hello and welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan, and in this program, we all discover jazz, old and new, together by listening to a wide array of selections, exploring different jazz styles and topics related to jazz, we'll learn more about what it is, what it isn't, how it's developed, and what we can listen for to enhance our experience. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. If you ever venture into the Black Horse Pub and Restaurant in Peterborough on a Thursday night, you'll hear some wonderful jazz led by pianist Rob Phillips. And a regular performer in those jam sessions is saxophonist and clarinetist Al Baggs. I had the pleasure of speaking to Al for a couple hours recently, and his insights into the relationship between jazz and classical music was presented in a previous Discovering Jazz program, episode 28 to be exact. Today, more from the unpredictable, witty, knowledgeable, and always delightful mind of Al Bags, with a focus on the connection between jazz and Bach, with a touch of prison reform, and even more controversial, accordions. I asked Al to introduce himself. Well, I'm just a local musician around in Peterborough, although I've, you know, performed professionally in, in, in Canada and in Britain, um, made a living at it, uh, did a lot of entertaining around retirement homes, for example, in my later years, but I've played with lots of bands over the years, and uh, and lots of local musicians, and um, generally I've had a ball. Um, it, it's a great vocation, music, although I've been in and out of the profession, um, doing other things, writing and medicals and science and that sort of thing. But, oh, wow. Uh, but uh, music is is the mainstay. My father was a a brilliant um, accordionist uh, who actually made his own piano accordion and, and oh. took an axe to it. When his own father, they had a wonderful relationship. Um, my grandfather painted my father's accordion red because he thought it would look nice in red. Dad was so furious he took an axe to it. Well, I don't know if Bach ever played a red accordion, but here are the Swingle Singers with their swing rendition of Bach's Fugue in G minor. Oh, <laughs> 
The Swingle Singers, a group known for making jazz vocal arrangements of Baroque and classical pieces since 1962. We're going to be talking more about Bach and his relationship to jazz, as well as jazz's relationship to Bach. But first, our guest, Al Baggs, has something to say about music generally, something that transcends any particular genre. I think we need to look at briefly what music is. It's basically sonic energy. And there's an interesting book by a guy called Philip Ball. It's called The Music Instinct and How Music Works and Why We Can't Do Without It. And many experts reckon that uh, musical sonic energy is is good for both the developing and the aging brain. In my case, it's the aging brain. Ball mentions a, a, a scientific discovery that music can lower circulating testosterone levels. This is very interesting. If you think about it, testosterone is a, is a powerful hormonal, hormonal contributor to male aggression. Okay, So if music can tame testosterone, then why not use it like a baby's pacifier? you know, um, and stick it uh, in mankind's big angry mouth, you know? So, anyways, um, so again we're faced with the question, um, what works best as a peacemaker, um, classical or jazz music? And you can be skeptical, you can laugh about this, but uh, let's remember that the classical pianist, Daniel Barenboim, formed an Israeli Palestinian orchestra to promote peace and goodwill, yeah? And that seems to work pretty nicely, Larry. And um, so, Daniel, good luck. And uh, if classical music doesn't secure the peace, then, uh, well, maybe it's time to try some Arab-Israeli jazz, you know? So, just what are the scientists supposed to do with this amazing discovery about music and, and male hormone? Well, Here's an idea. The labs at Trent University, since this is directed at Trent, I suspect, uh, they could beg for a research grant. They could breed a whole new strain of super-aggressive rats, expose separate cohorts of them to classical jazz, third stream, minimalist, country, folk, rock, you know, whatever, uh, and determine which type of music uh, turns angry rats into happy rats. Yeah. Now, this is pretty zany stuff, but uh, uh, but let's suppose that jazz happy rats and classical happy rats turn out to be better um, anti-nuclear protesters, uh, peaceniks, uh, whatever, uh, conscientious war objectors than heavy metal rats. Uh, how do we use this knowledge? Well, Larry, any cops who, who, who may be enjoying your show should now be taking careful notes. So, uh, armed with this knowledge from Trent's rat laboratories, uh, um, we could build a huge penitentiary in Peterborough or Lakefield, uh, whichever city puts in the highest bid, and um, and and pack it with the most uh, vicious criminals in in Canada. And uh, the jail guards play the inmates the most um, effective uh, testosterone-lowering music. Um, 
classical jazz for 24 hours a day, then uh, you turn them loose after six months and uh, society will never be the same again. You know, I mean, we've cured the problem. Um, and, um, you know, you think I'm joking, but uh, Johnny Cash entertained at Folsom Prison and um, uh, I think he was pointing in the right direction. He, he got the message before, before this discovery about testosterone. <laughs> the only problem was that the guards didn't see, set the inmates free. Okay, Al, all right. Whatever you say, this next track may not be jazz, and it certainly isn't classical. And I don't know how the rats would have responded to it, but... When I was in university, I loved this piece, based on a popular lute piece by Bach, the rock group Jethro Tull, featuring Ian Anderson on flute, and he entitled this Bourree, from 
Well, I think it's only the rock rhythm that keeps us from being classified as jazz. Otherwise, I think it would just as much fit the genre as that previous Swingle Singers piece I played, Jethro Tull. Today, talking about the relationship of classical, Bach, and jazz, with a special guest, saxophonist and raconteur, Al Baggs. Why are you so interested in the relationship between classical and jazz? Because I love classical music, and I hear, and because I, I think, you know, if we study classical scores, we, we can learn a lot from the great masters, you know. So there is a relationship. It, 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 the world of music is so vast, and any jazz player who tries to pretend that they've not been influenced at, at some point by by listening to classical music is probably not telling you the, the 100% of the truth. And on the other hand, you know, um, the reality is that jazz musicians love to listen to classical music. You know, my experience has been they, they derive a lot of personal um, enrichment from, from listening to, 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 you know, going to orchestral concerts and watching the classical players perform. So... Yeah, I, to me it's a fluid world. You don't I putting people into compartments. Here's a beautiful example of that relationship. Oscar Peterson in a nineteen eighty six album called Oscar Peterson Live started with three tracks that compose what he calls the Bach Suite. Not Bach, but a salute to Bach, with guitarist Joe Pass, bassist Dave Young, and drummer Martin Drew. This is the Allegro. Oscar Peterson.
know, whatever someone's musical preference is, anyone who listens to Bach's um, Brandenburg concertos or has worked on, you know, his Baroque period fugues and uh, uh, sonatas um, uh, senses the notational, uh, the weaving, uh, melodic precisions, um, and and the mathematics of the rhythms, the very mathematical rhythms, are very precise. I want to play some Glenn Gould playing Bach, as it so much illustrates that mathematical relationship that Al Bagg speaks of. There have been comments made like, Bach invented jazz. Of course he didn't, but some people listen to this classic interpretation of Bach's prelude in fugue number 20 in A minor and say it sounds like bebop. The similarities between Bach and jazz? Well, both Baroque music and jazz require musicians to become co-creators. The basso continuo, the bass line, was written out in part with an added improvised part in the right hand, just like jazz. Also common to jazz and Bach is the call and response with lots of ornamentation. Here is Glenn Gould playing Bach's Prelude and Fugue in A minor.
I think the wondrous thing about all music is that um, not just Bach's is that it can be enjoyed by people who for the life of them can't add, subtract, divide, multiply or or um, do a quadratic equation, you know. The ability to hear process and hook on to melodies and, and harmonies and rhythms and to be uh, emotionally and physically moved by music uh, suggests there's a there's a process that that the brain processes sonic energies, uh, uh, whether it's classical, jazz, or, or whatever. Um, uh, in very, very, there's a very mathematical process to the whole thing. The brain is is very sensitive to this. I think I'm probably one of those people with a non-mathematical brain, and in researching this episode of Discovering Jazz, with that focus on how Bach relates to jazz. I made a delightful discovery. He's a Ukrainian pianist named Dmitry Nedich, and this is a live recording from 2012 at La Gaite Montparnasse Theatre in Paris, and with his trio of Damien Nueva on bass and Arthur Allard on drums, he plays a very interesting jazz rendition of Bach's Concerto in A Minor. So here is Dmitry Nadich.
Ukrainian pianist Dmitry Nadich and his trio. This is Discovering Jazz, and my name is Larry Sadman. One of the best-known proponents of the classical jazz pollination is John Lewis and the Modern Jazz Quartet. Here is the Modern Jazz Quartet with the Swingle Singers from 1966, Air on a G-String by Johann Sebastian Bach. Listen for that great vibe solo by Milt Jackson at the beginning and some of the nice comping by John Lewis on piano later.
We've been talking with Al Bags today, who you can hear playing the sax at the Black Horse in Peterborough Thursday nights. With Al being a saxophonist, he has a special interest in the classical jazz pollination related to that instrument. I'm suggesting that listen to the Italian saxophone quartet uh, performing uh, what they call a, a fugata. And this is by Asta Piazzolo, the, the uh, classical uh, tango uh, Italian-Argentinian tango composer of the modern age and it's a short modern take on Bach-like counterpoint or um, melodic interplay and this gives way very very abruptly to to a a tango uh, which uh, Piazzolla's genius is sort of thrust on the on the musical world and anyway Fugata is I wouldn't call it jazz it's it's not jazz but since this is a discussion of the interplay and the interrelationship between great compositions and jazz, um, I think it's a perfect example of just how a modern composer, such as Piazzolla, and an, and an instrument so prominent in uh, jazz, uh, the, the saxophone, um, can breathe uh, exquisite uh, new life into um, musical styles like the fugue. So... The rationale for presenting this is that is the into is that just that you know this deference to Bach. Thank you. 
that the hated saxophone has graciously emerged from its old habitat, you know, the steamy, uh, smoky alcohol joints of speakeasy, pro, speakeasy uh, prohibition era and some of the cheesy bands, that, uh, dance bands of the era. And, um, and it, the, the saxophone has actually emerged onto the world's respectable music stage. A sample of how Bach is being uh, the alto saxophone uh, uh, delivers some Bach. This is an example uh, from Michael Garson's Bach Prelude, um, and it features an American saxophonist, uh, uh, teacher of music. His name is Gary Foster, uh, playing alto sax. Well, I do wish we had time to play the whole track of Michael Garson and Gary Foster in the Bach Prelude. This is Discovering Jazz. Today, talking about, with the help of my special guest, Al Baggs, the relationship between jazz and Bach. Let's finish off with some Bach a la Cuban jazz. The group is called Tiempo Libra, and this is from 2009. Musicians include, on percussion and tenor saxophone, Luis Rosca Beltran Castillo, trumpet, Cristobal Ferrer Garcia, bass guitar is Tebelio Tony Fonte, and also on clarinet is Paquito de Rivera. The Gavotte from Box French Suite No. 5 in G minor, Tiempo Libra. And thank you to Al Bags for your interesting commentary. There will be some more of Al Bags on future programs. This is Larry Sageman saying bye for now. <laughs>